Welcome to the Mind Over Matter podcast with Heather Hakes, where mindset is everything. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe and share this episode with your friends. This podcast was created to help open your awareness to the truth of who you are, a limitless being. You are worthy and deserving of an abundant and prosperous life. It's time to peel back the false beliefs and remember who you are, light and love. For additional resources or to contact me directly, please visit my website, heatherhakes.com. Again, that's heatherhakes.com. Without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to episode number 333. Today is all about the power of self-awareness. Welcome to today's interview. I brought on Lina Orlando. Lina, welcome. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. Yes, we've been chatting uh, to everyone listening. I terribly regret not recording our entire pre-call, but I'm excited to dive in. So I'd love um, for you to give a background. Where do you live and what do you do? So I currently, and for the past 30 some odd years, live in Atlanta, Georgia, and I have been what I call myself as an awareness coach for the last 15 years and been helping people become self-aware, but I'm in a transition. I'm about to shift that, but that's what I've been doing for 15 years. What are you shifting into? I want to help people uh, who are ascending. So there's a very big difference between becoming self-aware. Most of my clients have been moving towards awakening and I find that I'm helping them, assisting them in the ascension process. So I'm shifting everything to, to more of uh, becoming aware of what Ascension is all about. Well, and can we back it up and give a more foundation? Because this is something I speak of. So I definitely talk about when it regards to mindset, it's about becoming, first of all, you have to become aware. Yeah. And then you have to, I, I believe, live intentionally. But first you have to have that awareness. So what do you mean by self-aware and, and what is power of awareness? Uh, so self-aware is that most people have no idea that we operate from uh, two selves. There's our, our higher self, our God self, the essence. You know, when, when somebody says I'm a divine being having a human experience, well, our divine self is our higher self and it is a capital S self. It's our soul spirit, whatever you want to call it, but it is our authentic self. And then our human self, it's small s self, that is our, our mental construct of ourselves is what mother, father, teacher, preacher told us we are or what we have, what we do. So it is a, a, an identity that is created based on information received from the outer world. Our higher self is a knowingness that comes from within our inner world. We're born with that knowingness, but our our lower self, small self, that is, is a construct, it's made up. So for example, a child that, that is born, let's say I've got friends who adopted a little girl from China and they raised her in the US and they raised her to believe she's American and you know, she likes French fries and hot dogs and you know, chicken fingers. However, her, her essence, core essence is Chinese but she has become identified as a Southern girl and even talks with a Southern draw. But has she been raised in China, then her egoic self, her, her sense of self would have been Chinese. She would have eaten Chinese food. That, that would have been the thing that she would have uh, preferred. 
So just as our, depending on where you grow up, determines, you know, who you think you are, that's what our ego is. So if you have different parents, you're going to have a different egoic personality. If you, you are raised, um, you know, a different culture, you'd have different egoic personality, different egoic sense of self. So becoming self-aware and the reason I call it the power of awareness is because if you do not empower yourself by understanding these two very different aspects of self, your natural self, your authentic self, and who you think you are based on what you've been taught, you operate basically at a disadvantage because you never access your true source of power, which is your authentic self. You're constantly, you know, pushing up against the world, attempting to become somebody because your idea of yourself that is learned from the outer world blocks you from access to your, your true self. Your superpowers are all in your inner world. I'd like to dissect this a bit. So first of all, uh, something that came to mind when you were talking about that, I definitely learned via metaphors. And so Mm -hmm. I kind of think of our, this mental construct as though we're a computer or we're hardware. So if we think of the ego, not in an arrogance, like, oh, that guy has a big ego. No, we all have an ego. But if we think of this ego as it's a virus to the hardware, is that a fair interpretation? Um, I, I wouldn't say uh, the virus is the ego. I would say the virus is, is believing the ego. Um, I would say the ego is a programming, it's a software. So it's, it's a, and it's a changeable software. If you decide to delete the software, you delete it, but our, our arrogance, you know, the, the lies that we tell ourselves that that software is who we are is really the virus that corrupts the the software because we are we're believing something that is changeable and to me that that's where the virus is so the mind has to be we have to train ourselves to question the software and that's what deletes what removes the virus i that's how i would see it pardon the interruption If this content is resonating with you, I want to offer you some additional resources. Check out my website, heatherhakes.com, and take the free life assessment. This is a great tool to take inventory in life where you're feeling in alignment and abundant and where you're simply feeling stuck, stressed out, or as someone recently emailed me, completely ruining their life. I've also created a self-study course all about mindset and manifesting. Again, check out my website, heatherhakes.com and click on course. Finally, if you are ready to deep dive and really transform your life, I offer one-on-one coaching. I will teach you what has taken me years and tens of thousands of dollars to learn in which you can start implementing right now. To learn more and schedule your free strategy call, visit heatherhakes.com forward slash coaching. Now back to regular programming. Well, and that's, I think where the awareness piece comes in, but so Mm -hmm. here's, here's what I understand. And some of this that we're talking about stems from the book, A Course in Miracles, Mm -hmm. this whole duality and separateness. But if you think about it, there's nearly 8 billion people on this planet and we've all created these quote identities. I'm Heather. 
your Lina. That's mm-hmm. my neighbor. He's a guy. That's a girl. So we, we've created all this separation, this separateness, the need to compete and, and scarcity and fear. And we've created this insane world, but that's not our truth. Yeah. Exactly. So how do we delete this software? How do we let it go and, and step back into the, the truth, our power? Yeah. Well, that's a great question. And that is, that's really what this work is all about. The, the whole process of, of awakening and becoming self-aware is the willingness to question every mm-hmm. single one of these stories that we have accepted as true. But we have to get past that righteousness that says, no, I'm not going to question my thoughts. If I believe them, they're true. And and to me, that's really the virus is, is our fear of questioning our own thoughts because we ha- it's been ingrained in us to be right. And if we were wrong, well, that's a bad thing. So nobody wants to be bad and because bad always is attached with punishment. So we don't want to punish ourselves and be wrong about our own thoughts. But once we're willing to see that maybe the reason we are not happy is because of the way we perceive life the way we we believe you know what the things that we do the habits so there has to be a willingness to question if you keep getting you know the the keep doing the same thing expecting a different result like Einstein said at some point we begin to question and that that is the necessary um something necessary to be able to become self-aware is to question your thoughts and that's when you begin to discover that there are two different thought systems, two, two different, one is the operating system, you know, it's part of the hardware, that's our true self. One is the software, it's changeable. So we've got to get okay with, you know, changing or eventually deleting the software, but at least changing it. Yeah, well, and I think for me, how it's worked for me is, you know, I've come to crossroads or points in my life and been like, I don't want this anymore. And, and I simply, so these are the words that I use, humility, curiosity and then to surrender the need to control to let go and I've literally asked for guidance so my new mantra has been show me the way yeah because I don't want to struggle anymore I don't think any none of us like consciously want to struggle but I think it's the belief that we have to struggle to get ahead or achieve or whatever it is so yeah yeah. And that's a software that's, yeah. that's an installed bit of software. This whole thing about, we have to struggle. Um, right. Not everybody believes that. And that's how, you know, what is our authentic self? We all believe the same thing when we're authentic, our egoic self, our, our program self, um, conditioned self thinks lots of different things, depending on your religion, depending on your um, your, your gender, your sexual orientation, the, the culture, your, your religious background, all the beliefs are very different. Mm-hmm. So that, so we've got to question all of these different beliefs. And as you begin to question them, they begin, you begin to see their limitation, their, their block of your, your true authentic self. And one of the, the words that you used in that, you know, humility, surrender, and curiosity without the curiosity, we, we can't move out of our egoic, our ego's control over our thought system. So we've got to get really curious. This is a very, has to be a gentle process. 
And we have to well, be gentle with ourselves. Right. Because otherwise, and I've experienced it when you become curious and you're learning new things, the ego freaks out and will deter you because then the ego loses control and power. And well, it doesn't want that. So how can you kind of tame the ego and it's okay. And I'm just don't want, you know, like how this is, it feels like an internal battle. It is. And since you like metaphors, I'll use one that I, that I used in my classes all the time. So uh, you know, those spy movies, when you watch spy movies, what, what is something that always has to happen is to find out the secrets of your, you know, opponents. Like I grew up watching, my dad used to love the James Bond movie. So what's the thing that James Bond always did is he always, always, always attempted to get to know the, the, the bad guy uh, or the bad woman. So he would befriend them and he would befriend them to get the secrets. And after he got the secrets out of them, then, then he treated them like the enemy and would, you know, kill them, destroy them, whatever. So I look at the ego exactly the same way. First, I make it my amigo. All right, I want to hear what you have. I do. I'm, I'm open to hearing all your secrets. Why do I think this way? Who taught me that? Where does this come from? Why do I believe that? So make ego my, my amigo so I can understand it. All the while, which is something I learned from The Course in Miracles, the ego is our enemy. It, it, is, it is attempting to take us to to death because the ego is that part of ourselves that fears death. So in essence, it causes us to not live our lives fully connected to, uh, you know, fully alive. It's always worried about death and fear and catching something or something going wrong. So that's the enemy to life. So I play with my ego in the beginning. I spent many, many years because it's been quite the journey of making it my amigo and understanding it through the process, as you said, curiosity. I, I decided to be my own, my own uh, expert on myself. And I would question every thought, well, why yeah. did I choose to do this versus that? Why do I keep going out with the same person? Why am I in this marriage if I'm not happy? Why, am I, why do I need that job? Why do I need the you know, six figures? Why is this important to me? Why did I tell my child to, he had to do this or she had to do that? I began to question every single thought that I had, and it began to open up an entire, um, it it was like almost, I I opened up all of my software. I do this because mom told me so. I do that because the government says so. I do this because grandmother uh, rewarded me when I did it. I don't do that because father told me not to do it. I stay away from those people because that's what society said. I follow these rules because that's what the government says. And I began to see, I don't do anything because I want to. I do everything because I'm afraid that if I don't, I'm going to not follow a rule or I'm going to be disappointed or I'm going to disappoint somebody or I'm going to be rewarded by somebody. And I realized that my life wasn't lived by by my true self. It was lived by my programmed self. And that's when I went into my dark night of the soul, because I literally had a mental breakdown. I was like, um, there were two people inside of me and I couldn't, I couldn't manage um, what I was realizing because I didn't have the, the training to understand it. All my therapy that I had gone to, they never prepared me to understand. I had two crazy, you know, I had a crazy voice in my head and a sane one. They didn't teach me about the difference. 
They just taught me to blame all my insanity on somebody else. Well, in yeah. that note, and something you, uh, a phrase you said is dark night of the soul. Do you think, does everybody have to go there or can you, you know, I don't think we have to go to the dark night of the soul to have this awakening and this awareness, but many people do apparently. Yeah. So dark night of the soul is uh, not really the right name. It, from my perspective, the right name should be the dark years of the ego because mm. it is when we're bringing light to the ego and seeing all of our ugly traits, our, seeing all of our ugly deceptive ways, the ways we manipulate, the way love became conditional, transactional. Yes. It, is, it is all about self-protection and, and intimidation. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy in there. And it's years of seeing how, how ugly we really become when we are operating from this, this very fragile sense of self, because that's what the ego does is it makes us think that we are um, these, these victims, but we take on this bully personality, but the, we all have to go there. There's, there's no way to not go there. However, the journey doesn't have to be so hard if we have that curiosity to question our thoughts because so many people enter into this spiritual awakening through the self-help movement and through wanting to become better and make more money and get a better job and be a better parent, be a better lover, be a better, 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 better something because we think we're not good enough. Right. So there can be, I've seen a lot of people um, especially the ones that I've had the, the pleasure of working with for an extended period of time. It's an incremental process that is, doesn't have to be so abrupt. However, they cannot avoid the pain that they experience when they begin to become really brutally honest of how manipulative we are. That's painful to realize that what we thought we were one way, but we actually were behaving in a totally very vicious way. It's, it's the, our ego is very vicious. Vicious. I, I like this quote. I've heard it before. The ego um, is suspicious at best, vicious at worst. Mm, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And is the point of the course, this whole unlearning, this whole peeling back the layers of this whole facade, or I believe what it says is the smoke screen mm -hmm. to the truth, the essence of who we are, which is light and love. Yeah, but it has to be done. Um, you have to have the understanding of those two parts okay. because a lot of people start the course because they're learning about the ego and that, that for a little while, it feels really exciting. You're learning about the ego until it's time to undo it. Um, but it's also about recognizing that we are the essence of God. God, God is, there's, there's nothing else. God is the energy, the essence, the allness, the, the, it's what permeates everything. It's life, it's love, it's light. I mean, God is all of that. So we're doing it in tandem. We are looking at what blocks it. And then we are revealing what was being blocked by that. So it happens in tandem. And, but the course is really clear that we have some obstacles to accepting our God essence. And a lot of people will come, understand the ego, get some wonderful information, get some clarity about what God is, but never quite come to the place where ego dissolves when you accept your Godness. 
I mean, that, that's how it happens. The ego doesn't just dissolve because you discover it. Actually, that's when it gets really vicious. It try to hold on to it's a, it's that sense of self because you, you used a powerful word, you used the word surrender. The surrendering part, we think, oh yeah, I surrender. God takes over and runs my life. Well, it's not quite that way. The surrendering is you thinking you have to do everything by yourself, that we're surrendering that part of ourselves and accepting that we've never not had the presence of God. If we're breathing, God is what, what is animating us. You know, God is the life that animates us. So it is, it's a coming together in tandem of a releasing of the blocks to the presence of the love that has always been there. So, and that's, that's where to me, it's a distinction between self-awareness, the power of awareness is I've got these two voices and awakening is I now only listen to one. Is that daily intention though? Minute by minute, second okay. by second. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because, and, and I think that's what I realized is you don't just wake up one day and you're woke. Like that's just not what, and for me, again, metaphors, now you get me. I talk about going to the mindset gym. So you don't, you know, this is daily work to build that trust, to build the the new focus, to build the trust and the faith in this minute. But okay, I like that minute by minute. So I've got some work to do. Yeah. yeah. Well, but, but let me say this. It's, um, and, and there, there's, yes, some people have an awakening and, and it, it's instantaneous. That's how it happened for me. And you know, you connect, something opens up and all of a sudden, you know things you did not know before that experience. And for me, when it happened, I sat inside of that, that connection, that portal opened for about 45 minutes. And I sat in this total and complete merging with, with truth. I mean, who I thought I was fell away. And I was just being with source, with God as God. And that high stayed with me for, I'm going to say, um, probably a couple of days where I was in, in an altered state. But then when, when that experience completed, I had kids, mommy, mommy, make me peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Mommy, take me here. You know, clients calling. I, I was a realtor. Can you show me this house? Husband calling. Can you get, you know, get the laundry done? We got to do this. And I'm in this altered state where I'm like, oh my God, can you all just like get the F away from me? Yeah. Because I wanted just to feel that high, but we're in the world and we have stuff here that needs to be taken care of. And we have things that are happening that have to be addressed. And that's when I realized in hindsight, not right away, in hindsight, I realized, oh, when you have that experience, and many of us have them many, many times, um, you had to have had it. Otherwise, you'd be, you wouldn't be so determined to just do this. You have felt that transcendence of your, your truth, which is what makes us seek it. When we become determined to want the truth and nothing but the truth, mm -hmm. it's because we felt that. That then informs us of, of that there is more and that there's something that has more value, but it's not tangible. You can't go to the store and buy a can of it. So you realize that you, you've got to do some work to sustain it. That's what the journey is all about. Yes. 
questioning okay. those thoughts. Something you shared with me, this quote that I wrote down, and I want you to explain it. I loved it. So every, oh, because this is where it came from. I asked you about triggers. And I think, so for me, my understanding triggers are actually a gift because they're a gift to forgive. It's a lesson. It's, you know, you're being triggered means it's getting something inside of you that you're irritated by, but this is your quote. Every irritation is an invitation to question ego's motivation. Yeah. How do you catch yourself in that triggered moment or experience conversation, whatever it may be, and go, whoa, wait, I can question the ego's motivation. And, you know, we could give a personal experience or not, but realizing that stop pointing the finger outside of you, because as you said, projection, it's projecting something from internally. So you explain it. (laughs) <laughs> uh, no, you're, you're doing such a beautiful job. Yes. And that's something that I learned from the ego is that what we don't want to see in ourselves, we see it, we see the liars, the cheaters, the, you know, all the people out there that do all the bad things so that we don't see that we are capable of that as well, but they are. Yeah. So when I began to, to really dive deeper into my process I began to realize that every single time that I had a, um, a shift in, inside of me, like the course as a shift in perception, that I felt lighter, it was because I began to take an irritation, something upset me, I, I reacted to something. And I was on a curiosity bandwagon, I want to make ego my amigo, I would begin to ask myself, well, why did I react? Why did what they said bother me? What about that did I not like? Well, it made me feel this way. It made me think, you know, that I'm this and I'm thinking that they think that I'm that. So I began to question what was there. So the irritation was an invitation for me to dive into that, that self-awareness. And every single time without fail, it always led me to my ego's motivation, which the ego is always about service to the self alone. Every time I found myself being so freaking selfish, I Mm. came to the place that it was always, everything was about me. I was always irritated for something that always had to do with me, with me not getting my way, with me not being acknowledged, with me not being as special, with me not being the center of attention or whatever it was. And that's when I realized, oh my God, this, this thing that I'm making my amigo is really my enemy because every, every single irritation pointed at an aspect of, of myself that was ingrained in my subconscious mind as part of the programming that I received. Mm -hmm. And, and it was always, always, always an egoic thought system because it, it's not, it's not my real self. So my pretend self is the one that I got to understand better through the irritations. And if it wasn't for that little saying that it, it just became my, my regular thing, every irritation is an invitation. Let me go in, let me go in, let me go in. Yeah. I never would have been able to see the layers and layers and layers and layers of the different ways the ego uses um, to distract us from seeing that we at the core of the ego, which is why it's so painful to see, it's selfishness, it's greed, it's, it's self-centeredness 
Victimhood. Victimhood. And that flips into being a bully. And it's, mm-hmm. it's a really, it's an ugly place inside of us. And we all have it because it's a denial of the goodness of God inside of us. So would the advice be when you're triggered, here's what I'm hearing. Cause I was trying to like put this all together. So if I'm triggered to stop, question the motivation, ask these le- levels of layers of question to take your power back, because what is it internally that you feel or think about yourself that they're actually just shining a light on? Right. Exactly. That's why it's an invitation. It's a gift. Ugh. It's a gift. Okay. And all these mirrors come in for you to see yourself in those mirrors. Oh, yeah. But then we are saying, no, you irritated me. Yeah. Or you made me feel like that. Or you did that to me. Exactly. So I'll give you a simple example. Um, My son would come home and and one of them when he was little one specifically, I remember this actually happening quite a few times and he would come in and he had a teacher. um, Oh, I can't think of her name right now, but we'll call her, you know, Mrs. B. Mom, Mrs. B made me so mad. And I would say to him, why would you give her your power? What do you mean give her my power? I'm like, why are you saying she made you mad? You're choosing to be mad at what she said. And and he would say, no, she made me mad. Okay, so what irritates you about what she said? Well, she, she, you know, just said this embarrassed me in front of the class. And that made me feel really, really bad about myself. Okay, so she said something, you're choosing to feel bad. And I would, I would ask him, why? Why would you choose to feel bad about what she said? Because she embarrassed me in front of the class. And I would ask him, what did you say in front of the class? And he would go on to share whatever it is that he had shared in front of the class. And I said to him, if that is your answer, why don't you own it? Well, she said it was wrong. Well, you can own that is your answer. And you could say to her, can you please correct me if I'm wrong? Let me receive the correction. Well, the, the motivation for his ego was to have him go into victimhood. And in victimhood, he got to then be mad and blame her. But here's the ultimate motivation of the ego to not hear the correction of the answer so that he would continue to operate inside of this victimhood. And it became a pattern for him for a while that really blew up when he started doing drugs. But because of all those questions from when he was little, he was able to see that he had this, this, and I know I'm guilty of this because I helped program him. I was the source of his power and his dad. We were the ones who always knew everything and he didn't know anything. We had to tell him what he needed to know because, you know, parents know best. So Spencer had grown up with parents as authority figures, and then teacher became authority figure. And little by little, what he was doing was saying, I can't, you know, have my power. I always feel bad because you guys take my power away. Yeah. And I'm like, this irritation is an invitation for you to take your power away. And it's okay to say, you know what? I don't know this answer, Mrs. B. Can you please tell me what it is? Mm-hmm. And stay grounded in that it's okay that you don't know everything. But he had been trained. Everybody knows more than he does. And his irritation, being mad, it made him mad, was a reflection of he was giving his power away. He was really mad at himself 
for not feeling comfortable and safe and secure enough to say, I don't know the answer because he had to be right about his answer. So there's so many things that get woven into all of these different beliefs, the, the programming that he got from his parents, the, the teacher, um, you know, she's there to teach, but he wants to be right. He doesn't want to be wrong and embarrassed in front of the class. So he feels, you know, teacher makes him mad because he got embarrassed in front of the class for having the wrong answer. And we prized him only when he was right. We punished him when he was wrong. Mm -hmm. So, so many things get all mixed in and it requires a lot of, a lot of gentleness and curiosity to peel the layers of this onion called the ego until he came to the place where he realized that it's okay to not know the answer. It's okay to be wrong. It's not a big deal. Our soul doesn't care. Our soul came here to learn how to be human, but infuse the humanity with a sense of, of knowingness of its eternal infinite self that doesn't get affected or hurt or offended through the process of learning how to be human. So he had to begin to merge the two. Well, and I love that phrase. It's a lot of untangling, but for somebody who's new to this, this might be you know, the ego's deception would be that's overwhelming. That's too much. There's no way I can do all that. So maybe what is just an intro and entry level, okay, to become self-aware and my, my power of awareness. And then to, is it what, just to question our thoughts, just start questioning. Yeah. And it, and it really, for somebody who's brand new at this, the, the easiest thing to do is to, to determine, do you like feeling good or do you like you know feeling bad because if you have a reaction to something just question how did that make me feel you know what I feel really bad I feel contracted and upset and irritated okay what what do I need to believe you know what am I believing about myself that made me feel bad well that they don't like me okay am I gonna get all upset and feel bad inside of myself because they don't like me or they said whatever they said. And when we start noticing that our thoughts make us feel good or bad, that right there, that right there is so powerful because then you can begin to question, well, what, why am I letting this situation or what it change how I feel? I prefer to feel good and I prefer to feel peace. Yeah. And that becomes a real simple way of questioning things. You know, that makes me think of an easy way to say it is, do you want to be happy or right? Yeah. That's I choose happy. Powerful, powerful from the course. But people are so confused about what happiness means. Mm. And in the beginning, happiness really should be just peace. Do I, do I want to feel peaceful about this? Do I, want to, do I want to have peace and, and a sense of, of space inside of myself? Peace feels a lot more because most people don't even know what happiness is. We all think we got to buy happiness. We got to do something and get happy. So happiness is really, we, we don't understand happiness, just like we don't understand love. You're right. So actually I wrote on a post-it, it's on my computer and, it, and I did, I simply wrote those three words. I choose peace. Yeah. But that takes intention and that takes practice that I choose peace. I love that. Okay. So question for you from our conversation today, what is one key takeaway you want listeners to get? 
Oh, wow. The the key thing I want these listeners to get is I, I just love your sense of curiosity because it reminds me of the curiosity that I had to have. So t- the takeaway would be stay curious, really stay curious, question everything, because it, it's, it's, it's all made up. We, we make it all up so we can change our mind about anything and everything. And if you stay curious, you'll, we, we begin to see that we don't have to believe our own thoughts just because they're in our head doesn't mean they're right. And if we're willing to stay curious, we discover so many obstacles to our ability to, to experience peace. So curiosity. Okay. I love that. I have a couple of rapid fire questions. I'd like to ask you to wrap up the interview. The first one being, what is a quote or motto that you live by? Uh, I live by the motto of life is meant to be fun and easy. Mm. Because when I had my experience with SOARS and SOARS said, I asked it, I said, how will I know that I am, I am living my life in alignment with, with you at all times and said, your life will be fun and easy. And I said, well, you, I've got three kids, a husband and a dog. What do you mean my life's going to be fun? And my life cannot be fun and easy. And it, it said very clearly, if you're not having fun and letting life unfold with ease, you're not in alignment with me. Mm-hmm. And I've taken almost 20 years to, to live into that. And that's my motto. I love that. What is a book you're currently reading or highly recommend? Oh my gosh. Ah, oh, so many. I'm, I'm reading a couple at, at, at the same time. Um, I, I highly recommend the Bhagavad Gita. I am rereading it and, and it's, it's about uh, Hinduism. And it says so much of what the Course in Miracles says, only in a different way. It doesn't break down the ego like the Course does, but it, it, it's so appropriate for what's going on today because the setting is, is of course, 4,000 years ago, 5,000 years ago when this book was written. Um, it talks about looking at life as a battlefield, and we're going to have to do battle with, with um, people that, that are family, that, that we love. And, and it is a battle that we need to experience, recognizing that we are all eternal. Um, so it, it just, it's helping me really understand the craziness in the world right now from just a different, it's just a different angle, but the same stuff as A Course in Miracles. So I would say the Bhagavad Gita. Okay. Final question. What advice would you give your younger self? Oh my gosh. Do what makes you happy. If I would have followed my heart, things would have been quite different. However, because I didn't follow my heart, I learned the lessons that taught me how I learned not to follow my heart, which then helped me question all those thoughts so that now I follow my heart. (laughs) (laughs) A roundabout way of going. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's amazing. And a great note to end on, Lina. Thank you so much for joining me. This was a pleasure and honor. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe and share this episode with your friends. I'd love to connect with you on the social platforms. You can add me on Instagram at heather.hakes or subscribe to my YouTube channel, Heather Hakes. I'll catch you on the next episode.